0: So, already folks, how we doing? How we doing? little shock here. little shock here. We got Sully running things today. I know we got the main man Jesse back. Everybody's, if everybody's wondering, how we doing Jesse? How we doing?
1: Uh, doing great. Missed you guys. Missed the fans and uh, certainly missed you and Wayne. Uh, but so sad he couldn't join us. He's sitting at City Hall.
0: Yeah, he's got to deal with an issue over at City Hall, uh, a little driveway issue, which you know, you got to love dealing with city government officials, right?
1: Driveways and drive-bys, that's how we do in the
0: <laughs> Well, let's get it started. We'll run the intro and then we'll get it to it, baby. Here we go. Jordan. Oh, a spectacular move by Michael Jordan
1: left field. This one's got a chance to get out of here. Go! Three runs, Jimmy Jack, first big league home run
0: for Mike Trout. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. And an 81 point game. In the second half. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest short performance in NBA history. Yo, yo, yo. Alrighty, folks. There you go. So, yes, as you can see, Wayne is gone. I am Daniel Sully Sullivan. We got Jesse here filling in, helping us out. How we doing, Jesse?
1: Doing great. Glad to be back. Thanks so much for uh, having me in for a spot start.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. You know, you know. We know you're a pro, so you're here to do it. (laughs) Uh, We got a busy show today, actually. Uh, You know, obviously, football's back, baby. Uh, You know, that's going on in full force. We're going to get all those games in. You know, the NHL finally went to the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll talk about that. The NBA. I mean, we got a bunch to get to. MLB playoffs are ramping up. So, uh, you excited for today or what?
1: Oh, absolutely. We got a full slate of uh, NFL games to go over. I was excited all damn day. I mean, I woke up early and sat there all jittery just waiting for the kickoff of the first game. And, you know, I was up until, you know, after the game of the seahawks pass game. So, uh, what a thrilling week it's been. I know, you know, with us – you know with you guys airing on uh, Mondays and Wednesdays uh, you know we've got a little bit of time that, that goes by between your shows so uh lot to go over here so I'm ready for a jam packed episode
0: oh yeah most definitely it's going to be wild uh, we're going to start first here with the uh, with the NBA though the finals the conference finals getting going no shock there in the western conference with the lakers up two no i don't think i mean i predicted a sweep maybe even one game uh you weren't on but we'll get your prediction there i mean obviously ad and last night that was huge that shot was massive uh and i think that's honestly gonna break the nuggets back i mean that was their chance i think to steal a game what do you think
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that's about as close as it's going to get. You know, we haven't seen Jamal Murray pop off yet. I mean, I think both you and Wayne predicted that he would not pop off like you had in series before, um, you know, you guys both said he would not hit 40 points. So I'm kind of hoping he does. You know, I like to see you guys eat a little bit of crow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. You know, that two point loss, um, having AD hit that, you know, he just he's the true best big man in the league right now. And having to be able to hit that three um, as time expired, you know, yelling Kobe as he did it, uh, what a tribute! What what a game winner! Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, what a momentum breaker uh, for the Nuggets. You know, they had you know very few chances to steal the game, and that was it. So I think this is this is no longer a chance for a gentleman sweep. This is a sweep.
0: I agree. And I, it's a shame Wayne's not on because I'd love to get at him and, and just – as I think AD is the best big man in the league. You know he thinks Joel Embiid is the best big man in the league. And oh, no man. way no way in hell, even on his best night, Joel Embiid makes that shot.
1: Oh, man, Joel Embiid Here's is no. still on the bench. <laughs>
0: exactly. He's not even playing. He's he's hurt most of the time. Now, in the other series, honestly, a shock to me. I'm, I'm sure it's, it'd be a shock to Wayne once we get on here. Miami up on Boston 2-1, and, I mean, I did not think that was going to happen. Granted, every game has been mad close. You know, I think you've got the actual stat. What is it you brought up? That every each game's decided by an average of six points, you mentioned. Oh, yeah. In, in your notes. Series. That's bonkers, man.
1: Oh, I mean, I think the image so far of the playoffs, I mean, beyond the AD shot, but even bigger than that is that block. Um, you know, that we saw from uh, Bam Adebayo. Um, you know, Jason Tatum was going to bring down the hammer and it didn't matter because Bam wasn't letting that happen. Um, and I'm, I'm just as surprised as you and Wayne would be. You know, I heard you guys in your predictions saying that, you know, Boston is the, you know, the deepest team, um, you know, probably the best coach team. And uh, so far, I think Spolster is out coaching Brad Stevens. Um, I think we need to see way more out of Jalen Brown. We need to see way more out of Marcus Smart. Um, And, you know, we need to see the depth of this Boston team because 2-1, it's a lot better than uh, 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 3-0 because it was close to that. Um, This has been a much more competitive series. I think this has the juice to go 6 or
0: 7. I mean, I thought it was going to go 6 or 7 to begin with. And to be fair, it could just as easily be 2-1 Boston or even 3-0 Boston because they blew double-digit leads in both the games they lost in the fourth quarter. So, it's, it's a weird series because Boston's probably been the better team for 80% of the series, but they're losing the series. So so it's going to be an interesting one. I can't wait. I mean, they're, they're such a good matchup. Both teams are so deep. They get scoring from different places. You can't really key in on one guy. You know, obviously Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum were the main key cogs, but, you know, Goran Dragic was the leading scorer one game. You know what I mean? You're, you never know what you're going to get. So that series is incredible. I can't wait. I actually still have the self coming out of that series though what about you do you got Miami or do you got the Celtics
1: no I I think that Boston's gonna come back I think that you know thank God they came back in in the previous game I think they end up taking the series I think it goes the full length of seven games uh they needed to um but I think that you know us just like a lot of other fans out there they want to see Boston eventually get to the finals and play the Lakers uh, what would that be, the 18th and 19th time that that's happened? So uh, it would be amazing to see, you know, first time we've seen that in uh, over a decade now. Um, so I think, what, since 07 uh, when it was like uh, KG and, and um, that's all. KG in the Ray Allen yeah. yeah. Against Sal yeah. yeah. and Kobe. So, yeah, it's been long enough, and that's uh, one of the most storied rivalries in all sports.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's time. I, I you know I I would love to see it. You know, I don't care if it's rigged or set up or if anybody thinks it is, which I don't. You know, I don't think games are rigged, but I, I mean, it, it's just it's the perfect scenario, and <clears throat> with everything that's happening, obviously, that's what the NBA wants to see too.
1: Oh yeah, I mean the two uh, biggest NBA fandoms for sure.
0: Yeah, of course. Now Giannis winning the MVP and the. Uh, defensive Player of the Year. Now, what do you think about that? Do you think he should have won that MVP?
1: Um, honestly, I think he deserved the MVP.
0: Here we go. More. Wayne Littner, so it's 2010, not 2007.
1: Uh, obviously, he's not
0: in front there's, of the – There's uh, Dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's Dad.
1: Thanks, <laughs> Peach. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that he deserved the MVP more so than the Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, I think LeBron has looked really great, but for him to give any gruff about Giannis winning, um, I mean, AD deserved it more than Bron. Um, I think that it was a super close award. I think, you know, we had, we saw Harden up there as well because he was averaging damn near 36 points per game. Um, but I think Giannis deserved it. It's not a postseason award. It's a regular season award. Uh, LeBron's playing for his award. Um, and I think, I don't know if you saw Giannis's reaction, but he said – You know, take these awards. Don't call me MVP. Don't call me defensive player of the year. I want to be champion. Call me that stuff after I'm a champion. So the right attitude to have. I mean, I'm sure he'll still want to hold on to that trophy and put it in his case. But uh, LeBron's going after after the correct trophy. We all know that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, uh, what's funny is. You know, LeBron's making all these this, you know, big gripe about not being the MVP and such. Meanwhile he's scoring fifteen and, AD's scoring 32 and, and A D scoring thirty two and carrying him game winning shots. Exactly. And and don't get me wrong, LeBron had an incredible season. What he's done as a big man playing point guard, it's you know, it's it's revolutionizing the game and his ability to assist and be an incredible passer is second to none. But Giannis is the MVP. I mean, he played out of his mind. He doesn't have a true superstar with him there in Milwaukee. And he still led them to the number one defensive efficiency team in the league. And, I, I mean, like, you just got to do what you got to do MVP-wise. I don't know if LeBron's gripe is more that he only got 16 first-place votes. Because I, I remember the tweet was, like, 16 puff or something, like, whatever he said. It it, it directly quoted the sixteen. So I don't know if he's just mad about it not being as close. You know, I don't know.
1: You know it would have been huge? Because I don't think he actually thinks
0: he deserves the MVP.
1: No, I mean, it would have been nice if he came off and was pissed off that, you know, AD didn't get those first place votes. Like if he came out campaigning for a guy that clearly deserved it, instead it looks like he's campaigning for it against his better deserving teammates. So kind of a schmuck award. I mean, yeah, but we did did see – we saw Giannis win mvp and defensive player of the year um first time we've seen that happen since you know hakeem uh or no since jordan so i mean those are the only other two guys that have done it obviously since those two awards have been given out so historic for him um and you know he led that buck squad to a number one seed wire to wire i mean you know he crushed that eastern conference
0: except in the playoffs i know it's not a playoffs award but except in the playoffs
1: well i mean you know. Best, the best defense against Giannis was a plate against uh, Coach Bud. I mean, Coach Bud left him on the bench, you know, more often than not. I mean, you got to give him the opportunity to crush in the postseason.
0: Yeah, I also – uh, to be fair, I mean, I don't want to get into a Giannis bashing shit, but I, I don't love how the Defensive Player of the Year isn't guarding Jimmy Butler, you know, during crunch time and things like that. But, I mean, I, th- I think he'll learn from that mistake. and Because and he has proven that he is always trying to strive to get better. He improves things. So we'll see. I think he's got the ability to get better.
1: Oh yeah, we don't want to see him get better.
0: <laughs> if, he, if I'm telling you right now, if that guy gets a, a smooth jumper, the, the league's over. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now MLB news. Here we go. MLB's winding down, man. Everybody's clinching here. You know the the Rays, the Yankees, the White Sox. The what's up? You got
1: less than ten games left of the regular season
0: here. Exactly. I know, man. It's it's winding. We got all these teams, the Twins, the A's, the Dodgers, the Padres, obviously the Padres haven't clinched in 14 seasons. And then I believe it was the longest drought in baseball. Uh, I, I mean, good for them. That team, we've been talking about how exciting they are and, and how young and, and youthful and, and, and teams like that, that were going to do well and how the White Sox have done extremely well in the Rays. That's proven that this youth movement, I think, especially this year, you know, with the shortened season, has done really well. But Fernando Tatis is just a god over there. Will Myers is doing great things. That's a great ball club over there.
1: Absolutely. I think if we had an AL allegiance, that would be your Tampa Bays. Um, and if we had an NL allegiance, that would be those Padres, baby. I think that, you know, this this podcast talks about the Padres more than the Padres podcast does. Um, but, but deservingly so, like you mentioned, Fernando Tatis Jr. is – um, the most exciting player in baseball. I mean, he—he's honestly the face of baseball. I think a couple of years ago, people would have tried to force, you know, um, you know, Jose Altuve in that spot, um, but he's a schmuck. I mean, you and I both don't like that Astros team at all. Um, Mike Trout is, you know, a face that you know just isn't exciting enough. I mean, obviously his stats speak for themselves, his awards speak for themselves. But Fernando Tatis is that dude. I mean, he's got all that sizzle. Um, that Padres team is going to be fun. You know, having both them and the Dodgers in the same division is fun. There's still some divisions that aren't wrapped up yet. I mean, we still got the Nationals and the Braves duking out over there. And we know we love Juan Soto and Acuna Jr. So still got some young, exciting players to uh, come up in the, the uh, MLB. So, yeah, I mean, less than 10 games to go. This has been an exciting, shortened season. I mean, I got to be honest, I, I didn't play uh, MLB Fantasy this year just because I didn't think I could really keep up with it or really get into it. Um but um, I don't really know who's leading the league in home runs right now, what that number is. Um, you know, who's crushing right now? Is, is it Tatis? Is he leading the league? Is it is it Mookie Betts?
0: Uh, uh, I lost you there for a sec. You here?
1: Oh, yeah, I got you. I was, I was just checking, you know, do you have any idea who's leading the league in home runs right now? Oh, okay. Isn't that weird? been that weird of a league that I don't a weird, Luke, weird a Voigt.
0: Luke Voigt Luke okay. yeah. yeah. Luke Voigt the Yankees first baseman um, um, who's actually on my fantasy team um, is, is leading the league in home runs Fernando Tatis Jr. also on my fantasy team was up there for a long time um but it, it's been it's I mean pitching for me has been rough this year in fantasy I haven't been able to to hit my I usually find a, a mid-level tier guy that goes on to, to ball out and I, and I whiffed on all my guys this year uh but so that one's been a little rough but yeah I love this year in baseball I'm not gonna lie obviously because of the Rays their success them actually being you know the second best team in baseball and the best team in the AL is incredibly wonderful for me I I'm you know, filled with a bunch of pride. You know, I, I kind of called that this season would fit exactly what the Rays like to do. We get out to fast starts and we play good ball, you know, when we need to. So I'm excited. I think we can make a deep run in the playoffs. I really do. Um, we're going to get the blue Jays in round one as of now. Um, and I think that's going to be a, a smooth, easy matchup to be fair. Uh, no knock to Ryan Leith there and his Toronto boys. I was going to um, mention, if I just you think didn't. we'll handle them pretty easily. And, and I, I'm I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I'm a little nervous because I think we're gonna. I think the Dodgers kind of got a clean run there, and their their team's so good. So we'll see.
1: They've got a complete ball club. I mean, for as much as I love Clayton Kershaw, he's still looking to prove it in the postseason.
0: Now, under a little. Uh, oh yeah, the Detroit Tigers manager. I forgot you had to mention here. just so far behind. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Kershaw does need a bit. Um, Detroit Tigers manager here, a little note, had to take a little abrupt retirement due to health. Um, hopefully, everything's okay with him. Um, you know, I haven't really read much into it, unfortunately, but we did want to give a little shout out. Hopefully, he's okay and everything runs smooth. Um, now, done with baseball. I'm over it. Um, I want to get to football. So, a little first Little we'll get to a little NCAA football to, to get it in there. Uh, LSU uh, names Miles Brennan, uh, the starter there. And Mac Jones wins the starter gig at uh, Alabama. Um, now, what do you think about that? Was he supposed to win it? I'm not keen in to, to the Alabama program. Like, you know, I don't follow. Was he supposed to win that gig? Oh, yeah. I
1: think that he was the presumed starter to um, to take over the job. I think that's why you saw Tua's younger brother end up transferring to Maryland and get that uh, – Early eligibility um, at Maryland, so yeah, I think you know he made that switch because it was so um, it was so known that Mac Jones was gonna, was going to end up getting that spot, and I think you know it, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is there. I mean, yeah, we've had some sizzle there for a few years with with Tua, um, but I think you know prior to that we just had game managers. You know, we had guys back there that really just handed it to beasts um, behind them, and uh, you know they're they're beasts of of old linemen. And relied on that defense so i think in any year i'm not too reliant on a fantastic quarterback i mean so i don't know too too much about mac jones right now um, i consider this a transitional year especially you know while we're playing through the pandemic but i'm excited for the year um, i know that we uh, are going to see a lot more of the big name programs play this coming week you know we're going to see um you know florida we're going to see georgia we're going to see lsu bama we're going to see these big name programs actually take the field this year and we know that that's where the big money players are that play in the NFL. So I know this is a week you'll be watching some college football on Saturday.
0: Yeah, Most, I mean, of course, it's going to be an incredible day. And and I agree with your point about Alabama and having game managers. I mean, that's essentially what they've had, you know, from before. Essentially, Jalen Hurts and Tua, where well, they're two really only game-breaking quarterbacks. Uh, beyond that, it's been an incredible defense in a run game. And I think they're going to rely on that again. Najee Harris is going to be an absolute stud this year. Uh And you've got three first round talents on the outside receivers, So I don't think who's quarterback is going to have an easy, easy ride. I'm excited to, to just get the season going. Uh, I'm actually, you know, we had the big 10 conversation last week. W- what do you feel about the big 10 being in? Do you think they should be allowed back in? Um I don't know if I was an SEC commissioner, I think I'd vote against it (laughs) um, purely because I don't like the idea of playing two extra games. But what do you think?
1: Uh, I mean, of course I was listening to the program and I, I totally agree with what you said, Sully, where you said that, you know, no new information has come out, you know, regarding, you know, COVID. It's not like, you know, they're doing anything different. So you had that decision to opt into the season when a lot of the other major programs and conferences decided to. So the fact that you get to kind of take this step back, I mean, you want to play in a bowl game, sure, but you don't get to be in my playoff.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't get to then decide now that you see uh, – like we mentioned before, it's it's a money issue. They see, okay, well, these programs are working. The money is coming in. Now we want to get in there. Well, but first we need four weeks to practice. Well, no. no. Like you, if you want to play, then start and let's get this shit rolling. Like well, I don't know. We'll, it looks like they're going to be allowed back in and everything and, and hopefully – I think they're trying to start games October 23rd is is the last I saw, um, which, you know, is a month away. So I don't know know if I like that, but, you know, it is what it is. NCAA is going to love it because now they get Ohio State back in. They get Michigan back in. They get all these giant programs back in just to generate revenue. So they don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, I still wish we had that opportunity to see that, you know, like power conference where, you know, there was a a few of the – the power conferences that just involve themselves in a crazy schedule. Cause I mean, I still think we'll see some cupcakes, you know, amongst these conferences and nobody likes college football cupcakes.
0: No, I mean, I don't, nobody watches those games. That's when that's where you lose most of your college football viewership there. righty, Now a little NHL. Let's get it, get it. That my boys, Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, I can't be more happy. All my teams are balling right now. But my boys, the Tampa Bay Lightning, are in the Stanley Cup Finals against the surprise Dallas Stars. And actually, even more of a shocker, Dallas came out and handled the Lightning in game one, played extremely well. And I know they had a span where for 28 minutes they scored three goals on four shots, which is not going to happen again. But still, I watched that, that game from start to finish, and we got beat. Plain and simple, we got beat. And it worries me a little bit because they can skate with us. They're a big physical team. They can skate with us. I, I, I think we're going to need to be on our A game. And and obviously, I called for a 4-1 or a 4-0. I'm going to stick to that. But it's it's going to be tougher than I thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sully, I remember when you had Vegas going to the Stanley Cup Finals, I don't even think you gave Dallas a shot. So seeing uh, Dallas' offensive prowess so far, seeing, seeing Jamie Benn, seeing Sagan being able to uh, put up points, um, you know, they seem like a much deeper team beyond those guys as well. Um, you know, I, I still like uh, Tampa's goaltending more than anything. Um, let me ask you, you know, where's Stammer? Did he get a chance to play in game one? Is he going to see any ice time this series?
0: Uh, I didn't catch the last bit. What was that?
1: Steven Stamkos. Are we going to see any Steven Stamkos this series?
0: Stamkos? So there's a tidbit that he was skating around today. Um, not, like, doing any drills or anything, just a little skate around. Um, and, and he may be available for, for XS Games. I, I'm not exactly sure. There's a rumor going around the Tampa Bay area. Um, and And – I don't want to, because I don't know how much truth is to this, but there is a rumor that Steven Stankos' wife lost a child um, in birth and had a miscarriage. Um, And that is delayed his um, want to come back to the program. Uh, Apparently his injury, he was ready enough to come back last series or even the series before, but obviously at home and personal reasons have kept him off ice. I don't know how much truth that is. It has not been reported. Um, his wife was pregnant, and she is no longer pregnant, and there is not a baby. So one can only assume what had happened at this point. Um, We shall see. I obviously don't want to speak off off topic here or put in in any news that I don't know. That's just a rumor I've heard around Tampa, um, which would be obviously horrendous, um, and we understand why he's not back. Uh, I'd love to get him back, but I, I don't think it's that important
1: yeah i mean you never want to speculate um you know if that indeed is the case then you know my heart goes out to him and his family um i wouldn't be able to you know breathe sleep or eat let alone play a professional sport um while mourning. you know you know bringing life into the world with your wife so um you know if that is indeed the case you know um i hope he takes whatever time is necessary i still rooting for your boys though i want to see you know sully i want to see you have all the joy with the bolts so uh rooting for them this series and rooting for them to uh, win that Stanley Cup for you Uh, but um, let's talk about some football buddy
0: let's do it now we're going to start with the Thursday game I know it's been a long time guys I know this is information is going to sound redundant because you heard it and a long time leading up to Sunday but we haven't spoken on it Um, we I don't have the graphic unfortunately but your boy Sully nailed the game again. Uh, I took the the Bengals and the five and a half points, uh, and, and we covered baby. We got that late cover. We got that garbage time touchdown to get us within five in the cover, baby. We, me and Wayne, were both wrong. Uh, we both said it, it. would probably go under. Um, I advise kind of not to touch the bet regardless, but we both missed that one. But I mean, I'm crushing these these, these over under. I mean, these point spreads right now, man. Uh, but the game itself, I love Joe Burrow. God, I feel so bad for the kid. He has zero help on that offensive line. And I'm really, really afraid. He's going to get Derek Carr syndrome. Um, I, I'm, I'm honestly afraid or David Carr syndrome. I'm honestly afraid.
1: Yeah. You don't want to see him get sacked a ton. You want to see him actually gain some trust in some guys. Again, I think you called it with him building a relationship with Tyler Boyd. I think he's been able to build some chemistry with, with Boyd out there on the field and, Um, That showed in this past game, if I remember correctly, Boyd had about 70 yards, um, you know, six or seven catches. So they're certainly, um, you know, building a nice connection there. Um, But yeah, beyond that, not anything reliable in that Cincinnati offense. Um, And that's why we saw, you know, the Browns, you know, the color Brown team, we saw them win 35 to 30, Um, you know, Ed Stefanski getting his first win as a head coach. I think that's good for him, you know, coming from Minnesota um, and being able to get his first win as a head coach. Um, you know, I gave Baker a lot of shit in the comment section recently about um, how I'm seeing him more um, in his commercials than I am on the field. Um, but he had two touchdowns this game, uh, two passing touchdowns. And then Nick Chubb, um, you know, he had over 120 rushing yards and, and two touchdowns himself. So um, you know, the Browns offense can do it when they want to. Still still waiting to see OBJ, um, you know, you know, hearing more about him in the news than I am seeing him on the field. but. Uh, good for that Browns team to start one-and-one and, one and not be another 0-2 hole. They've been in that hole way too often.
0: I mean, OBJ was able to get a touchdown in that game, but I I, I mean I agree. I, I don't I never really thought he was an elite receiver if I'm being fair. I I just I thought he He's has like elite cap. speed and elite catchability. I just don't know. Exactly, and I think that just momentum, you know, bounced him into the front of a lot of people's eyes. And and I never really saw it if I'm being honest, but I do think Baker played a little better, but again, it's against the Bengals. So, you know, it's a tough measuring stick because they're not a great team. Uh, they need to get Joe Mixon more involved on offense. The Bengals do, uh, but the Browns, Nick Chubb and, and um, Kareem Hunt, I, I love that tandem. I think they're going to do a lot of damage. Uh, they both are going to get theirs and they're both going to eat. And, and I think if they do that, they can win a lot of football games. And if they don't make, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield pass the ball 40 times a game, I think they can win a decent amount of football games. Uh, um, so,
1: speaking about how many pass attempts a quarterback has, I mean, you didn't mention it with, with Joe Burrow, but he threw the ball 61 times,
0: Sully. Yeah, which which you're never going to – I mean, if your rookie quarterback throwing the ball 61 times, you're losing that game. Plain and simple, you're never winning a game. Your rookie quarterback throws the ball 61 times. I don't care who your rookie quarterback is. So they need to get Joe Mixon more involved. They, they've got to develop some type of run game. Even if they're down, like, I, I mean, you've still got to be able to run the football, and, and they just can't at all. Is, is A.J. Green uh, nothing now? I mean, is he? Is he He's not, in, he's not an elite top 10, top 15 wide receiver anymore. I don't think so at all. I mean, I think Tyler Boyd's replaced him as the number one on the team and as the number one weapon. And I, I think Joe Burrow feels that way too. But, I mean, you still got to cover him. He's still a threat. You know, he's still a savvy guy. He can still run good routes and, and catch the football. So you can't just leave him out there and, and say, ah, f- you know, fuck it. But I'm not really – I'm not doubling A.J. Green ever again. <laughs> You. Yeah. Uh, now the next game, uh, we'll just go with the first Sunday night. We'll go with the least exciting game, uh, the uh, Bears versus the Giants. Nobody gives a shit um, about either of these teams. Where are you at, Coombs? Where are you at? <laughs> uh, to be fair, nobody gives a shit. The big news out of this game, and the big news of, out of every game and, and all of Sunday is these injuries. It was absolutely insane. Um, obviously the biggest one to most fantasy owners was Saquon Barkley uh, tearing that, tearing that ACL. He's done for the year Um, that coming out of the Browns or the the, uh, Bears game in the first quarter. um, that Just, that's such a shame. I mean that I really, I don't other than fuck that sucks. I don't know much like, damn, I just feel so bad for the guy.
1: Not to be morbid here, Sully, but who is the backup? I mean, who is the beneficiary of a Saquon Barkley-torn ACL? Who in that offense gets more touches now? Is it a running back? Is it Evan Engram? Is it Golden Tate?
0: Uh, right now it's Dion Lewis. Uh, he, he actually – I mean, he had – 10 carries for 23 yards, which obviously isn't good at only 2.3 a clip. But he had, I think it was five or six catches for another 40 yards. And I think he got a score, too. Um, they're looking at Devontae Freeman. I th- they're going to have to find an option somewhere. They're going to have to do something. Tampa has a plethora of backs. Maybe they can work a trade out there, which is odd because Tampa's never had backs. But now we've got three who are very, I think, you know, they're all putting up contributions right now. Um, so I I I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure where they're going to go, but they need an, an an option.
1: Bears are two and zero. Oh.
0: Now the Cowboys coming back and absolutely shocking the Falcons. What are the like? Are the Falcons just doomed to be the the most choke worthy team in all the football? Is that's what's happening now?
1: I don't know how you can wake up and be a Falcons fan. I mean to to blow multiple 28-point, you know, leads like that in in such a small span of time. I mean, Matt Ryan is a very, very good quarterback. They have Julio Jones on their team. You know, they talked about this team being the the new addition of that dream team because they're all first-round picks on the offense. Oh, man, to lose in that fashion. I mean, that, that onside kick, that little knuckleball onside kick, Uh, I mean, everybody was was doubting McCarthy and the Cowboys for, you know, going for one as opposed to two. And I mean, the way that game ended, I never saw it coming. Um, I thought the Cowboys were going to run away with that game. But for them to be down that much and then climb all the way back. I mean, it was a fantastic game by Dak Prescott. I think he's a fucking vulture. Uh, He vultured multiple of my Zeke Elliott touchdowns. Um, But I mean, first guy ever to have 400 passing yards. Um, And what was it, three rushing touchdowns or four rushing touchdowns? I mean, three rushing scores. So, yeah, it's bananas. Um, Absolutely bananas. Uh, Jerry Jones is going to have to pay that man.
0: It looks like he's going to. And thank God. I was playing Zeke uh, this week, and so thank God he didn't get those touchdowns. uh, But – yeah, I mean it looks like Dak's gonna have to get his money. The Falcons, I just don't understand why they don't jump on that that onside kick. I'll never get it. They're the first team in the history of sports to score 39 plus points and have zero turnovers and lose a football game. The first team in the history of the they're four hundred and forty and O teams that do that. Now they're four hundred and forty and one because of the Falcons.
1: Yeah, that's the wrong <laughs> the wrong side of history for those ATL Falcons. Man, that's not good at all. Um, I did want to ask you one thing about the Falcons' offense. You know, I just actually asked you about AJ Green um, and his fit on the Bengals' offense. Now, let me ask you about another guy that came in that same class at Julio Jones. Uh, he was not the leading receiver for the Falcons. Calvin Ridley was. Uh, is Julio Jones? Is he fading away there in Atlanta?
0: Uh, I believe so. If you checked any of our fantasy shows, Calvin Ridley is the guy I preached to grab in the fourth round to most people. Um, I told – I wish Wayne was here because we have a running joke. I told him to grab Calvin Ridley, and he grabbed A.J. Brown. And he had the ability to get Calvin Ridley, and he grabbed A.J. Brown. And now A.J. Brown's on the injured reserve, and Calvin Ridley is the number one scoring wide receiver in fantasy sports right now. Um, I think it was just his year this year for Calvin. He's the third year receiver now. He's ready to break out. Julio, again, is still a dangerous piece. You can't leave him alone. But, you know, he's 32, I think, now. You know, he's getting up there. He doesn't have the same breakaway speed. Obviously, he's still dangerous and can get up the field. But he's not running a 4-3 anymore. You know what I mean? Like, So, I, I do think it's Calvin Ridley's time. I've, I've said it from the beginning of the year. He's going to be a top seven scoring receiver. And I, I'm sticking to it. <laughs>
1: You know from from one uh situation where uh Dak prescott you know poached a lot of scores from me i want to bring up another one i was facing a team that had aaron jones what the fuck aaron jones the guy had like over 40 points as a running back you know career day on the ground he had 168 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns Ooh, that packers team was good man
0: they do, man, and, and Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. I'm telling you what. Uh, that team's good. They look good. They're playing with – it looks like a chip on their shoulder. I think a lot of people came out and and even had this team behind Detroit in that division, and, and they're not happy with that. They're not okay with the way things sit. And they're going to make a point that, hey, look, we're still the team to beat in the NFC uh, and especially in the North. And, I mean, they look incredibly good on offense. Uh, On defense, you know, they're still a little, I think, questionable. Um, You know, they still gave up, you know, 30-some-odd points to the Vikings, which isn't that impressive. Um, And and then this week, you know, they gave up 21 to a Lions team, which – you know, let's be fair, isn't the best. You know, I, I'm a huge Matthew Stafford fan, but no Kenny Galladay, and he still gave up 21. Eh, you know, but the Packers are impressive, and they're going to be tough to beat, man.
1: You know, let me ask you another question here, Sully. Uh, Matt Patricia, what is he still doing with a head coaching gig? This guy's lost 11 straight since being with the Lions. Uh, he's, he's got less than double-digit wins in his entire career as a head coach. I mean, I I enjoyed the guy in his backwards hat style when he was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots. But what in the world is going on? Shorten that leash out there in Detroit. Cut the leash, man. Get him out of here.
0: I actually agree with you, man. I mean, normally I'm not a fan of getting rid of coaches. I like to see them get their due time and things like that. But, man, I'm pretty sure he's like 9 and 26 or something is like a head coach. And, I mean, Sorry, my dog just ran past the window, scared me. Uh, uh, he's like 9 and 26 as a head coach. And you just – I mean, that's just – I don't care if it's Detroit and you're loose, used to a losing culture. I Man, that's unacceptable. you got to get that out of there. At this point, it's, it's run its course. Like, what else can he offer you? What is he giving you that makes it look like he's improving? Because I don't see it personally.
1: Oh, nothing at all. I don't think he's doing anything to improve that franchise and – While you've got a young Jeffrey Okuda and a still producing Matt Stafford, uh, you got to get Matt Patricia out of there because it seems toxic at this point.
0: I agree and you got TJ Hawkinson there, Kenny Galladay, that off DeAndre Swift, like that offense has a little bit of pieces to work with. Taylor Decker was just paid a stupid amount of money as as at offensive tackle. Uh, I mean, they've got pieces. They really do. It's just uh, Matt Patricia sucks. I mean, honestly, he sucks. Go, some guys are just better coordinators than they are head coaches. Plain and simple, and that's okay. Josh that's McDaniels. Right. Josh McDaniels, perfect example. He's one of the arguably the best offensive mind in the entire NFL. He was an awful head coach. Awful. He couldn't manage it all. But put him as an offensive coordinator. The guy's a fucking genius, and he's the highest-paid offensive coordinator in the league, as he should be. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Now on to a shock, uh, 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 probably the shock of the season. Not to Jesse though, but man, these Jaguars were playing good football. They didn't get the win with the Titans. They lost thirty-three to thirty, but they did knock me out of my survivor pool in week one, uh, and and beating the, the Colts. And this one was a was a tight game. You know, obviously. Thirty-three to thirty, the the Titans drove down in the last minute or, and and kicked a game-winning field goal. Uh, Gardner Minshew is a stud. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is playing better football than I ever thought he would. Uh, I'm I'm impressed on both sides with these quarterbacks. If I'm being honest. Oh
1: yeah, I mean, I remember Wayne several times shitting on Ryan Tannehill, just really not um, supporting the contract. Oh me Tennessee too. Did. I'll uh, own him. It. Uh, so I mean, me, it, I'm me glad too. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he's certainly taken his game to another level. I mean, four passing touchdowns. Um, Janu Smith, you know, he's a tight end for them, correct? He's not a receiver. He's kind of like a hybrid type tight end, but, you know, he I mean, he's two listed
0: as tight end, but yeah.
1: He had two touchdowns. Um, and Derrick Henry, you know, looks good, but we haven't, we're not going to see Derrick Henry in, in uh, peak form for a couple weeks now. And, you know, you, you don't want to see, you know, Ryan Tannehill be this good with Derrick Henry behind him. So um, I really like the way that, you know, the Titans are playing, but Ooh, that Jaguars team, I, I sent you the eyeball emoji when they were up, uh, you know, <laughs> close there in the fourth quarter. I thought they were going to take that game.
0: Yeah, they are playing out of their minds. I, I can't even lie. The Jags are playing better football than I ever thought they would. The, the rookie James Robinson is, it's a legit running threat. I, I mean, I can only imagine how much better they'd be with Leonard Fournette, if I'm being honest. But I think they're fantastic. The, the Titans, on the other hand, man, they look good. Corey Davis has has stepped up and been a legit number one receiver that he was supposed to be. I mean, he was drafted, I think, fourth overall or fifth overall, if I remember correctly. You know, A.J. Brown's out right now, but Jonu Smith has stepped up huge. Um, I picked him up in, in fantasy and was able to start him. Ah! Um, and, and that was a huge get for me. And, and, and I think everybody, if you haven't, obviously is going to blow up the waiver wire, but Johnny Smith is huge. He's, he's just a good niche. And like you said, Derrick Henry hasn't even had his huge game. He had 100 yards last week, but, you know, he hasn't even had his huge game yet and, and they're still winning ball games. So I agree. If, if Ryan Tannehill is playing the way he is, where he's completing 18 to 24 passes for 400 yards uh, uh, oh no! For two thirty nine and four touchdowns, my apologies. Uh, for two thirty nine and four touchdowns, you're you're going to be hard pressed to beat that team. Um, they're a tough ball club, so I, I'm impressed again on both sides. I know the Jags lost, but I was still really impressed with what they did. Uh, going over to the Colts Vikings, um, man, the Vikings suck. Uh, the Colts beat them pretty handedly, twenty eight eleven. Uh, That Vikings team is just bad. I mean, they're just bad. I I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know if they forgot Dalvin Cook is in their backfield, Um, but they're just bad, and you can't have Kirk Cousins throw the ball that many times or you're going to get three interceptions from the guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I hate to keep giving the schmuck airtime, but Coombs was on our show months ago, and he declared the Vikings as his... Uh, early NFC North favorite Um, and yuck does that look bad because Kirk Cousins with those three interceptions um, you know you 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 like the Colts defense and really their their whole team coming into the season so they finally get on track there Jonathan Taylor you know had a case of fumbleitis there in the uh, in college but here he is now with 101 yards and a touchdown for the Colts so uh, you know great great game for him great game for the Colts to get on track and Hopefully they keep going in a positive direction if they want to, you know, reach the goals that you've put on their shoulders.
0: Yeah, I know. I've got them going to the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> um, you know, they got to get through Tennessee in that division, unfortunately. But, yeah, they looked obviously much better. Um, I think it's easy to look good against Minnesota. They essentially lost their entire secondary, um, especially corner. You know, they lost their starting corners and their backups. So, it's you know, they're a little rough there. Uh, Daniil Hunter's on the IR. So I get it, but still, I mean, that team's just not very talented. Uh, as much as I love Adam Thielen, I don't think he's a number one receiver. I think he needs help. I think he needs a Stephon Diggs on his on his other side. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if I saw this Minnesota team finish in the, in the bottom five and, and move on from Kirk Cousins and take a Justin Fields or something like that if they have the opportunity because I don't see – any upside for this ball club right now
1: oh yeah i'm not uh, like you i'm not feeling adam Thielen either um and i i think that was a great transition by you to bring up Stefan diggs you know obviously their former playmaker leading into this next game here and ryan lee's where you at buddy because god damn did josh allen ball out did Stephon diggs ball out i mean josh allen here a career high 417 yards four scores and seven points ago. I mean, Josh Allen blew up and um I'm playing Ryan Leith in fantasy and because he had Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs a homer, he kicks my butt, man, you know. So <laughs> the Bills beat all up on on the the Dolphins. I mean, even though it was a close score-wise, um I don't think that Dolphins team is as close as that score makes it seem. I think the Bills are a much better team.
0: I agree. Uh, I mean, you know, I picked the Bills to win that division. Um, I still think they will win that division. I've been a huge Josh Allen supporter. I actually – I'm on tape saying I'd take Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. And Michael Vick. Yeah, and Michael Vick. Uh, So I look decent right now. Lamar Jackson is still playing great, great football. Um, But Josh Allen's playing out of his mind. Um, The kid's improving his passing ability – incredibly uh, this season from last season. Obviously, having a guy like Stephon Diggs helps a lot. Stefan Diggs has been incredible there. I, I just really, really, really like that Buffalo team. I think the delay kind of hurt Buffalo, and that's why the score... I mean, there was a 30-minute lightning delay down there, and I think they just maybe got a little cold. It's, it's odd to play a game like that. I mean, 31-28, I agree. I don't think it's that close when, while watching you know, the game because I get you know, down here in Florida, that's my other game, uh, my other local game. So, it, watching it, it, it didn't seem like it was a close game. But I mean, the talk of the town is Josh Allen. He's going to get all the pub from this game. The stiff arm he threw on Kyle Van Noy uh, is cycling around Facebook is, is like the biggest meme right now. So, I mean, the kid's a stud.
1: All right, so you got some close access down there in uh, South Florida, Sully. Uh, how much longer are we going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback of that Dolphins team? When, when is it going to be two a time?
0: I said, I think it was week four. I said, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, four to six. I still think it's going to be that time. Uh, eventually, they're going to have to put him in. Uh,
1: waiting on my friend Sully to pop back. We're waiting on those two rotations on his, uh, his whiffy. But uh, I am asking him about Fitz magic and uh, when we're going to see Tua. Uh,
0: So, yeah, so I think he'll be back. And I think it was, I think I said week four to six. I still believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't have the, the Fitz magic he had last year. I I don't see it. Um, The team can't run the football at all. Uh, I, I mean, Jordan Howard's improving it a little bit, but Matt Breda can't get a touch for some reason, uh, which is odd. Especially
1: since I they just I, gave him that money.
0: Exactly. I just I just don't see a lot from this team. Um, so I would think Tua comes in sooner rather than later. But, I, again, I don't think they want to rush it. But at, at a certain point, you've got to get it in there uh, and, and just see what you got.
1: Well, So let's talk about the uh, obvious game in terms of injuries here. That San Fran team got beat
0: up. Beat up, man! What they lose? Joey Bosa, Raheem Mostert, uh, Jimmy G, uh, Solomon, Solomon Thomas. Thomas. God, are there any more starters they lost? There's four starters.
1: I mean, I mean they already didn't have. They, they lost a lot Richard of players, Sherman.
0: and and not just play.
1: they already didn't have George Kittle. Yeah, they exactly. Richard something.
0: Sherman. I, I mean, Debo. They didn't have Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk finally made his first start. Uh, I, I mean, that team's just. Man, they're, they're going through it right now. Yeah, Jet, they're going through decimated. it right now. And, and
1: they still kick the Jets' ass. Man.
0: And they still kick the Jets. I mean, the Jets are the worst team in football. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They're the worst team in football. They're bad. They're bad. That team's bad. I mean, they they got hurt too, though. Brashard Behrman, they went into the game, no Jamison Crowder. Rashad Perriman gets hurt out the rest of the game. I, I mean, they don't have the weapons to deal with that kind of loss. They don't have the depth to deal with that. Holy fucking shit. Goddamn cats. <laughs> Fuck. God. I'm sorry, folks. Well, uh, not <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they don't have the ability to deal with those kind of issues. So, I mean, they're just a bad team and, and, and I'll be wondering the biggest now issue or the biggest interest I have with that team, because I believe in Sam Donald. I think Sam Donald is an NFL quarterback. Do they get rid of Adam Gase and and start over with Sam Darnold, or do they get rid of everybody and, and start over with Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? If they get one of those picks and abandon the Sam Darnold thing, uh, what would you do?
1: I mean, I think Adam Gase is, um, the worst head coach in the league. I mean, we just spent a couple moments talking about Matt Patricia, but Adam Gase um, has no reason to have that job. I mean, I didn't think he deserved a new opening after leaving the Dolphins. Um, I think that Sam Darnold is um, – I'm not going to say he's a prize. You know, some of that shine is certainly off, but um, that offense has some pieces where they shouldn't be getting – blown out week in and week out. Adam Gase is not a motivator. He's not a leader. uh, He's not a proper NFL head coach. So uh, like we mentioned earlier, go back to being a quarterback uh, guru somewhere else. Uh, You're not fit to be a head coach in this league.
0: I would agree. Uh, The the unfortunate part is I think I'd take Trevor Lawrence over Sam Darnold. and, And I mean, which sucks because I really believe in Sam Darnold, but it's Trevor Lawrence. He's a once in a lifetime player. Now, speaking of players who you may be done, Carson Wentz can't fucking (laughs) complete a pass. (laughs) Looks awful, and the Rams, shockingly, beat the snot out of the Eagles uh, a 37-19, man. I mean, it wasn't close. Jared Goff and Tyler Higbee uh, look incredible. Tyler Higbee with three touchdowns. Local boy here uh, in Pinellas County, so I'd love to see him doing well, and Rams are shockingly playing great football. I didn't have them quite as bad as Wayne did. What what was Wayne's win total? He had for him.
1: Wayne had that the L.A. Rams finishing at four and twelve, and right now they are two and zero. Oh, so Wayne <laughs> they better, start losing, they better start losing soon, buddy.
0: Uh, to be fair, I thought they would finish last in this division um, as well, just because I think the other teams in the division are so, I mean, I think this is the best division in football. Um, I mean, we're also seeing Seattle's two and O Arizona's two and O LA's two and O San Francisco's two and I mean, the entire division's two and O. So they're an incredibly good division. It's, I can't wait. Um, I actually wait. No, San Francisco's one and one, my bad. Cause they lost to Arizona. Duh. Uh, but You know, they still look great, um, you know, but still the teams, that division stacked LA looks much better. And I thought they were gonna, Um, I'll tell you what, I, Aaron Donald's a monster. The guy just dominates football. Like he's playing with children. It's so fun to watch. Uh, Quickly tune out to the Steelers Broncos. I am really high on the Broncos, but man, the Steelers played some great football, um, They're a good team. I think they're going to be tough to beat now. I I really do. I think they're going to challenge Baltimore for that division title. Uh, 26-21 was the final. Uh, Sorry, a little little stutter. Uh, The main injury coming out of there, uh, Drew Locke going down uh, with a shoulder injury, um, and it looks like he's going to be out for three to six weeks. Cortland Sutton. Bad knee. He's, gonna, he's out for the season now. I mean, it's just a repeating trend. But, man, the Steelers look good. What do you think? Do you think they can press the, the, the Ravens for that division title?
1: Yeah, that that offense looks better than I thought they did um, or than I than I gave them credit for. You know, James Conner is still a beast. Um, they, they are popping up young receivers. Um, I'm not going to remember his first name, but last name was Washington for the Steelers. But uh, he looked really James. good. Oh, James Washington. Okay, he looked really good for them. Um, and, uh, you know, they had, they had a really good offensive game. Um, but, um, you know, looking at the Broncos, I, I like, they drafted two young receivers and a young tight end. Thank God, you know, because losing Sutton really hurts. You know, that guy was on the up and up. So, you know, getting Hamler and, uh, you know, help me out here, Judy, uh, you know, yeah, say, your boy <laughs> giving them some opportunities. I think that'll be good for them. Uh, I think Driscoll looks pretty decent. His, um, his uh, opportunity. I mean, I don't think he was expected to play at all. So seeing him come in and uh, throw for almost 260 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, the guy did well. I mean, it's probably his first serious work in several years.
0: Yeah. For, especially just for coming in, you know, in, in, on short notice, it's always tough to do. Um, also down your number one wide receiver. Uh, you mentioned the tight end Noah font. Uh, he's got tight. He's got touchdowns in back-to-back games. He's playing incredibly well. Uh, you, They're going to need to rely on those younger guys now. K.J. Hamler made his first start. Jerry Judy looks good. Um, I think they're going to win less games than I initially had them on track for. Obviously, because of these injuries, losing Von Miller, too, at the beginning of the season was a devastating blow. Uh, But this team's not going to be as good as I thought they were. But, man, I'm impressed with the Steelers and think they can win a couple games. Now on to the most important and exciting game of the week, Um, the Buccaneers handled the Panthers. <laughs> um, we put the clamps down on Christian McCaffrey, which we usually do to be fair last year, he didn't have a hundred yards against us in either game. Um, we tend to put a, put a big lock on him and, and make the other guys beat us. And, and they just weren't able to uh, Fournette's the star star the show right now. Um, he, he was able to break a long run, get over a hundred yards on the ground. And I think now he's going to take over that backfield. I, um, I'm just really excited. We were clicking finally. You know, we're down Chris Godwin last week, and I think we still played really well. Mike Evans played out of his mind. Tom Brady with that intensity is just leaking into other people. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that the offense for the Buccaneers looked more refined. Um, They looked uh, almost more New England-esque this year. I think you guys are going a little bit more uh, short intermediate routes, Um, even though Mike Evans lives um, off those deep routes because of how big he is. Um, and I think Brady still kind of used his toys, but um, I think you guys dinked and dunked a bit more. And, yeah, I mean, having Fournette and, and Rojo back there, I mean, you guys got a, a very, very nice two-headed monster. Um, and, and you even drafted, uh, was it Vaughn? Uh, so oh, Yeah, Keyshawn uh,
0: Vaughn, and he hadn't even seen the field.
1: Does he need to yet? I mean, save him oh, for yeah. a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but th- that offense is obviously um, clicking on all cylinders, um, you know, as a uh, a newly minted Brady hater. Um, I do want to mention another pick six there, Sully.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, he- he's got to watch the picks. Uh, I don't believe it was a pick six, was it? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, all right. Um, but either way, I mean, he's got to cool it with the picks. Um, it- it's It's just it's. You know, it seems like it's a habit with these Bucks guys. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the water down here. Uh, I don't know if they're just drunk all the time off the sun and, and and shit, but, man, he needs to watch it. But we held Teddy Bridgewater in check. Our secondary, I'm telling you, they got bashed, but I don't know if there's a better trio trio than Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, and Sean Murphy Buffing. I really don't. Now, I know that's a big, you know, statement and things like that, but, I mean, the three of them are just – Legit corners, they really are. Antoine Winfield is playing exceptionally well for a rookie. Devin White, yeah, you know, Devin White's flying around the football field. Devontae David's doing what the, I, I mean. I just, I'm really excited for my team and, and really think we can win a lot of football games. Um, on to the Ravens and the Texans, the Ravens coming away with this game 33 to 16. Uh, The Ravens just rushed all over this team for 230 yards. Lamar Jackson didn't really have to do much. uh, Only had to throw the ball 24 times. A similar stat line uh, to Ryan Tannehill, 18 to 24, uh, 200 yards, but only one touchdown, not the four touchdowns from Tannehill. Uh, But, uh, you know, again, they really didn't have to do much. Will Fuller and, and that offense in general, I think that's just more like what we're going to see. I think week one when they were spreading the ball around and and players were doing well, I think this is more like we're going to see. They have zero like legit number ones on their team. I'm a big Brandon Cooks fan, but he's not a number one. And they, they're going to, they're going to suffer from it. This, This poor, poor, poor Deshaun Watson.
1: You sound like Jesse when we did the AFC South preview. I mean, you, you hated all the hate that I gave that Texans team. But yeah, man, Watson has barely anybody to throw to. Um you know I love David Johnson in that first half of week 1 but man we're talking about less than 51 total rushing yards for this Texans team that's yucky man that's yucky um Bill O'Brien better figure it out man because you won't be able to win in the AFC South let alone you know the the AFC at all if you don't if you can't get a ground game going um that's putting way too much pressure on young Deshaun Watson um I think he's one of the better brighter spots in the NFL um but yeah I mean you're going to give him nobody to throw to nobody to to run the ball, um, then he's going to end up getting crushed way more often than not.
0: Yeah, and it, what's funny is if you're not going to dedicate yourself to a run game, then why did you go trade the best wide receiver in the league for a running back? And, and 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 that's what blows my mind. It's like, bro, you've got to like you're just you're fucking stupid. And and I, really? uh, it just. <laughs> It gets just so frustrating. And and it's what's wild is he's an extremely intelligent human being and and he's very smart with the X's and O's and, and he's a great quarterback and offensive guy, but man, like you're a bad GM. Plain and simple, you're a bad GM. Um now on to the arguably the most exciting quarterback in the NFL right now, Kyler Murray uh, and that Arizona Cardinals team just making me look like a genius. Um, the Cardinals beat the the Washington football team 30 to 15 pretty handily. No no big surprise there. Um, Kyler Murray with, with I believe it was two rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown, 26 at 38, 353 total yards. I, I mean, the guy's just a machine. He's a baller. He's an animal. He's everything you want. If you actually watch the games and watch him run, God, he is scary elusive. Uh, I'm just, I'm so excited to see his evolution as a football player. And and I really do think we're, we're in for something truly special with Kyler Murray.
1: Yeah, Kyler Murray isn't a dark horse anymore, Sully. I mean, this guy is, you know, shining bright as day. Um, you know, you said it. I mean, watching him on offense, you know, he's spreading the ball around. He's making plays. He's not running for the heck of it. Um, he's he's running smart with the ball. Um, I think that Cliff Kingsbury is using him very, very wisely right now as a head coach. Um, and this team's going to be super exciting. Like you mentioned, this is the uh, most competitive division in the NFL that we have right now, and we're going to see it as the the season goes on. I mean, you know, my game that I was most looking forward to is coming up in a couple of weeks here, and we're going to see this Cardinals team who is consistently putting up points going against that Cowboys team that is consistently letting up points. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, I think we're going to see you know maybe eighty points combined between these two uh, come week six. So, I mean, yeah, that take
0: the me over in that game, folks. Hit it, hit it, hit
1: that <laughs> um, I, I think the Cardinals look hot. Um, you know. Like you mentioned, you know, com- crazy competitive division. You know, we haven't even gotten to the best team in that division yet.
0: I know, uh, and to be fair, Washington didn't look terrible. Um, you know, McLaurin and Gibson played well. Um, I, Gibson got his, uh, I, and McLaurin got his. I mean, um, Dwayne Haskins is coming along. Uh, I think Arizona's defense isn't one that's you know a laughing stock anymore. So. To be held to only 15 uh, or to only give up 15 is not bad at all. And and I'm pretty happy with that team. And I think they can do really well. Um, The shocking game of the week.
1: Boy Chase Young. Oh, no. The sack.
0: Of course. I mean, he's up to two and a half in two games. I mean, the guy's a monster. I'm telling you right now. He's going to have 10 sacks, minimum rookie season and he will average 10 to 15 sacks his entire career. hes, a, he's a, I'm telling you, he's an absolute monster. And the thing is, he's, he's, he opens it up for everybody else. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan had two his first game. Uh, I think they had another four sacks total this game. They're, they're, that team's incredibly impressive on the defensive side of the football. Now they just need some secondary help. But now the shocker of the week was <laughs> – First Tyrod Taylor, freak chest accident. Justin Herbert throws in to be the starter, randomly out of nowhere. Everybody, uh, Chargers going to lose by 40. Nope. Chiefs barely beat the Chargers by three in a last-second field goal, 23-20. to 20. Justin Herbert comes out there slanging that tater, man, Th- running, throwing, playing great football. I'm the biggest Justin Herbert hater on the planet. Uh, i don't think he's a good quarterback the guy throws for 300 yards in his debut and i don't know if you saw it while running for trying to get a first down lowers his boom on somebody and knocks him smooth out cold the guy
1: smooth oh yeah i watched that game that was the next game that came up for me on uh, that four o'clock hour and i was excited to see you know the chiefs really really get get pushed you know the, the chiefs got pushed around by the Chargers. that Chargers defense looked really good Herbert looked much better than I expected. I mean, the only oh, yeah. input I had was was you shitting in my ear about Herbert. So <laughs> yeah. I, I expected to see Dudu on the field, and that guy held himself pretty well. Um, you know, I think Keenan, having a guy like Keenan Allen helps out. Having a guy like Hunter Henry helps out. Um, so, you know, that, that Chargers team didn't look horrible at all. Um, really pushed the Chiefs to the brink. And if it wasn't for Harrison Butker and those two 58-yard field goals, We'd be looking at the Chiefs in their first loss, and and that's not one that I think people pegged as a loss for them. So um, crazy competitive game there um, and almost as competitive as the Sunday night game, Sully.
0: Well, before we get into that, the one thing I will say is if you watch the game and the one thing I did say about Justin Herbert is he thinks about his throws and that the one play that sticks out to me the most is the third down play. um, It it was in the second quarter, uh, third down and five, I believe, he throws a an easy out route, misses the pass. Then they go for it on fourth down. He has Hunter Henry open deep. And he throw, overthrows Hunter Henry and misses that throw open deep, and they give the ball up on downs. And it's just those – Now I only give those two examples because they're the two I remember. But he, he missed on a lot of easy throws, and I think that's where Justin Herbert's going to not succeed is because, again, he thinks about every throw. So the ones where he's like, I got to make this, and then he, he ends up missing the throw. But I do agree. He played much better than I thought he was going to. Uh, that – like you mentioned the game last night. Holy shit. That was football at its finest. That's why we, that's why we do what we do. That's why we love this game to see two teams like that playing at that high level. The Seahawks were able to get out of, uh, there with a 35 to 30 win. Uh, Russell Wilson looks like the MVP of the league right now. The guy's playing incredible football, uh, Cam Newton and the Patriots may make me eat some words. Um, I think they may win more than six games now. Um, but, man, it was a great game. And and obviously, as a Patriots fan, it had to hurt a little bit. But let me get your take on the game.
1: Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, first of all, these two teams play nothing but classics. Uh, I mean, anytime, you know, you know the NFL <laughs> right. can get these two teams to play each other, it always ends up in a classic. I mean, I think the last four times they've played – It's been decided by about four or five points. Um, Here we go with a five point uh, deficit. So, I mean, Cam played out of his mind. I mean, this is one that I commented when you guys were previewing the week and I commented and said this was a loss. So, you know, for them Mm -hmm. to have an opportunity to win that game, you know, at the very last few seconds, you know, they were at the one or two yard line. Um, What's unfortunate is everybody knew Cam Newton was running that ball. I think everybody also knew that he was going to take that sidestep to the left. Mm And I hate that shit, man. Having Tom Brady for so long, where he would just QB sneak it. We got a guy like Cam Newton, man, just run forward, fall down forward. um, You know, get that fullback in front of you. Um, You know, you already praised Josh McDaniels that offensive, you know, mind to his, and that's just not the last play that he or or anybody else wanted to see. So, hated to lose on that, but to get to that point and to be so close to a win in Seattle, I mean, let let Russ Cook. I mean, he threw, um, you know. He had five total touchdowns um, and we came away losing at the last few seconds. So I'm absolutely impressed with everything that's going on with that team. Um, I think the Patriots are certainly going to win double digits, uh, double digit wins.
0: You know what? I'm very, very, very excited to see their, their Bills matchups. I'm, I'm, I think those games are going to be classics. I think they're going to be great games. Um, You talk about – see, and why I think so is because the Bills practice against Josh Allen, who is essentially Cam Newton every day, Um, and and the Patriots practice against Cam Newton, who's essentially an older Josh Allen every day. So I think that both defenses are going to be really ready for a big physical running quarterback, and they're going to know what to do, and I think that's going to be a great game. Um, The one thing I would have loved to see – I would have loved to see the old Tim Tebow jump pass right there. I mean, like you said, I think everybody in the building knew that Cam Newton was going to run that ball up the gut. He does a little uh, then comes back and throws the jump pass. Man, that would have been that would have been nice to see. Um, and, and I think it might have worked, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, it was an instant classic. Uh, Russ is playing out of his mind. DK Metcalf is that boy strong? Uh, you, know, you know, everybody where, says Wayne, he,
1: Wayne hates DK Metcalf, but where's Wayne right now? I mean, DK Metcalf. <laughs> He did a number on Stefan Gilmore, the defensive player of the year.
0: Uh to be fair, I mean that was a great throw. Uh, Stefan Gilmore was there. He had perfect coverage. He had his hand literally in the basket and and I mean like I said, DK Metcalf just strong. I mean that boy, he looks like a T.O. clone. Like it's wild watching him. I literally I'm like is that T.O.? Like it's so funny watching him. Um but yeah, and I mean Tyler Lockett's a a, a god. I mean the guy just produces every year. Chris Carson's a stud for that team. Jamal Adams is all uh, over that, the field. That's, that's what I mean. That that offense is scary, and their defense with Jamal Adams is now back to looking scary. I mean, Seattle is is a legit threat in the NFC now, and I didn't see him as that. Um, I thought they were a great team, but I didn't see him as a legit threat to like the 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 uh, Bucks as a as a title contender. And now I do. Um, and and we'll see. Now on to the Monday Night Football game tonight. We got the Saints. We got the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I know. Actually, what's the line of this game? Do you have it?
1: Uh, I thought because maybe we always I saw give five, lines to our pregame. I thought I saw five and a half, but you may want to look it up just to confirm.
0: All right. Well, go ahead and give your prediction because I do. You do have it in the notes. So go ahead and give your prediction, and, and then we'll get to the line.
1: Uh, I'm going to give my prediction of the Saints over the Raiders, 28-16. I think that even without Michael Thomas, the Saints run away with this. Um, Kamara is going to eat. I just don't think the Raiders have what it takes to keep up with that Saints offense.
0: All righty, I don't – we got the line at four, which I don't love. Um, But um, it's, it's underdog city for me, baby. And I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders and those four points. And we're going Raiders here. I actually think Raiders win this game outright, if I'm being honest. Um, I really, really, really liked what they did last week. Um, This is a big jump because I think they're going to have to continue that progression. Uh, My only issue is that Saints defense. They're good. The Saints defense is very good, and I think they can stop Josh Jacobs. And if they can, then I think the Raiders lose, but I think Josh Jacobs eats, um, and I think the Raiders win, but it stays under the 48. So we're going to take the points in the Raiders. Uh, actually, you know what? Don't take the points. Money line it. Take your big plus money. Take that plus 175. Money line the Raiders. It's my the lock of the week of the century, um, except it's not a lock at all. Uh, so go at it. Incredibly wary because I have no clue if they're actually going to hold.
1: And, and Kenny, I don't know if we've got you here today. I don't know if Wayne took him with you, but um, are you taking the, the under? Are you taking the... Uh...
0: Right, oh, we don't have the audio, but he normally yeah. says it's over. <laughs> all right, man. Thank
1: you so much, buddy. I got a piece and talk to my daughter. But you guys have a great Take night. Care,
0: man. Have a good one, folks. That's us for Infinity Sports. Don't forget to check us out on InfinitySportsPodcast Infinity Sports and all the links here. They go right here. Bang. We love you. Take care. Bang.